It's the last, last call podcast of the week. I am Chris Michaels, and I am abiding by a commitment that I made to myself. I'm going to keep this podcast to 12 minutes because we are going to pretend that we are on live terrestrial radio and a break is coming up. This is mainly because I did two 45-minute-plus podcasts this week. And I just, sometimes enough is enough. I'm not getting paid for this. So the first thing that I'd like to bring up is to talk about how brilliant I am when it comes to topics in the Ukraine and in Russia. Because I brought up on Monday that this is probably a religious war going on between uh, Jewish Khazarians and Eastern Orthodox Christians that were all over Russia. This story comes from History Today, so it is an historical story. This is an article that came out on February 2nd of 2015. The Romanovs, so the last family, the last ruling family in Russia before the communists took over. The Romanovs in Ukraine, 1911. So, Tsar Nicholas II was walking around the grounds of the Monastery of the Caves in Kiev. So we already know that there was a monastery in Kiev. And we already know that the Tsar and the royal family at the time was waltzing around because it was the center of Christian orthodoxy from 1024. That's how far back this goes. And there were underground churches all over the place in the area, and there were naturally mummified remains of the monks of the monastery. But, as the story goes, the overriding reason for the Tsar's presence in Kiev is his unveiling of a statue of Alexander II on a very, very specific day, August 30th, 1911, which was the 50th anniversary of the Liberators' emancipation of the serfs. So what does that mean? It means that the serfs were no longer essentially slaves. But there was something else going on at the time. In the prior month, there was an individual, Mendel Bylis, or Bayliss? I think it was Bayliss, B-E-I-L-I-S. Now, Mr. Bayliss was a Jewish person, and he was charged with committing what they call a blood libel. So if you're not familiar with what a blood libel is, it's essentially uh, a, a ritual sacrifice where you take a child and kill the child with stabs. So uh, a 13-year-old Gentile boy, per the article, um, uh, was found stabbed to death. So Mr. Bayless was uh, ultimately killed. And that created a lot of furor, public furor at the time, because this was essentially not too long after France's Dreyfus Affair. The Dreyfus Affair was when a whole bunch of military individuals were found basically uh, doing icky things with money and ammunition, and they blamed a Jewish guy, Dreyfus. Very, very good movie, if you're into black and white movies, oddly enough, called The Dreyfus Affair. Um, And so I would recommend watching that movie. The last scene of The Dreyfus Affair is is absolutely amazing. Uh, I think it's about 10 or 11 minutes long. Um, Or is it called The Dreyfus Affair? I have it. I don't remember exactly. The, now Now that I'm second-guessing myself. No, the life of, um, 
what is it called? The, the Life of Emile Zola. That's what it was. That's what the name of the movie is, but it's all about the Dreyfus Affair. So watch that movie. Uh, amazing movie. Amazing uh, last 11 minutes of that movie. Brilliant cinema. It's all about that case where they accused a Jewish person of uh, basically money laundering and, and doing all sorts of other stuff. But anyway, going back to this, because I abided by a 12-minute timeline, uh, there was another eruption that occurred later in the month on September 18th when the chief minister, Peter Stolyapin, in the Kiev Opera House was murdered in front of the czar. The person that murdered the uh, Peter Stolyapin was, uh, where is it, coming up? The assassin's name was Bolgrov, and he was a Jewish student, part of the Socialist Revolutionary Group. Now, at the time, Socialist Revolutionary Group, pretty much communists. So once again, you have the czars, which are observing Orthodox Christianity, Eastern Orthodoxy religion, being attacked by communist Jewish students, part of the Socialist Revolution, and also uh, the other individual, which was accused of being um, guilty of a blood libel. So that to say, in not only was he accused of committing <clears throat> committing a ritual sacrifice of a thirteen year old boy, Mister Bayless, but it was done in the same town where Eastern Orthodoxy really started in ten twenty seven. So talk about something that is extremely, extremely offensive to somebody of the Eastern Orthodox faith. So when I say that none of this stuff has really changed in a very, very long time, I sincerely mean that. This, more than likely, I don't care what anybody says about, oh, it's Putin attacking Western democracy and Western liberalism, or or that, that Putin is the next Hitler. No, no, no. I sincerely believe this has religious background. This is a religious fight going on behind the scenes. I sincerely believe that. Um, so something to watch out for. It's something that the United States should really stay the F out of, and so should the rest of the world, uh, because if those two fools want to go battle it out and bloody each other, then by all means, go and do it. Now, the real thing that I wanted to bring up tonight is the idea that we're starting to see the transhumanist agenda really take form. The transhumanist agenda is basically melding the human with futuristic style of technology, whether that's turning the human into a cyborg, whether it is altering the human's DNA to create an altered human so that a pure human is not going to be found anywhere anymore. And this is all part of the fourth industrial revolution, which the World Economic Forum is all about, like Klaus Schwab. He can't wait to get people altered into some sort of cybernetic, uh, I don't know what, golem, for the lack of a better word, uh, so that he can monitor everybody in real time all the time. So this is an article that came out, Giza Death Star, my, one of my favorite authors, Dr. Joseph Farrell, he decided to look at this one article from sciencealert.com. Scientists can now turn stem cells into bone using nothing more than sound. That's very important. Stem cells have the superpower of turning into any other kind of cell, a superpower that some animals use to regrow limbs. Carrying out repairs requires the ability to manipulate stem cells on demand. And by using high-frequency sound waves to turn stem cells into bone cells, in as little as five days, 
with 10 minutes of stimulating treatment per day. What does this mean? It means that they now have the capability to alter human physiology by the use of stem cells and frequency. Not necessarily sound, but frequency. So where do you find frequency? You find frequency everywhere. Everything that you interact with on a daily basis, minute by minute, is emitting some frequency. The most obvious one is your Wi-Fi router, your cell phone, and a cell phone tower. Those three items alone emit so much frequency that it actually causes health defects that are not really unlike COVID symptoms, such as pneumonitis and dyspnea. So why is this important? Because if they can manipulate stem cells to do anything that they want, to create themselves into any organ, into a bone, into bone marrow, to regrow limbs, that means that they can alter the human physiology just by flipping a switch, just by emitting a certain frequency through the atmosphere, through the ether, they can tell your cells what to do. They can tell your cells to grow, to atrophy. They can cause heart attacks. They can grow. They can cause uh, massive growth. They can enhance somebody's physiology. They can hinder somebody's physiology just by turning on or turning off a switch through frequency. Frequency is so prevalent that even looking at a shape, a shape, a triangle, a square, a hexagon, a pentagram, that even emits a frequency that you receive through one of your senses, and it actually has potential to alter your DNA. That's why when you look at ancient ruins or ancient monuments, that's why it it registers with you on a DNA level so that you actually resonate with the monument itself. It has a certain feeling of belonging when you look at ancient monuments, when you look at ancient structures, because it is what we are supposed to be really living amongst, not these weird skyscrapers and buildings that are all blocks and ugly and squares and posts and lintels. It deadens the frequency. It deadens the vibration between people. It doesn't enhance it. It doesn't create this sense of belonging and camaraderie. So there was another article that I want to get to. This comes from RT.com. Oh, the big bad Russian website. It's entitled I Cyborg: How the UK, the United Kingdom, wants to make its soldiers superhuman. The Ministry of Defense considers the a grave shortcoming being not looking into artificial intelligence, automation, and robotics because their adversaries, according to the Ministry of Defense, are already doing it, and they're already developing human augmentation capabilities, such as establishing advantages on the field. So what does that mean? It means that you can put contact lenses into somebody. I'm not going to make the 12 minutes. I got 30 seconds left. I'm not going to make the 12 minutes. I'll keep it to 15. I'll keep it to 15. So they can put contact lenses into their eyes, and they essentially will be able to enhance their vision. Uh, they can have enhanced um, 
basically how their body can react to damage and fatigue. It enhances that. Even Putin said uh, a couple of months ago that the Russian forces in Syria were running up against genetically modified humans. So it's already happening. And if the Russian forces are fighting against genetically modified humans, that means that those augmented humans are really from the West, or they are uh, mercenaries, Hessians without aggression. So the Ministry of Defense also said advances in artificial intelligence, robotics, and autonomy mean that the human processing power, speed of action, and endurance are being rapidly outpaced by machines. People are defense's uh, most valuable asset, but also a key vulnerability. People get hungry, tired, scared, and confused. Machines, on the other hand, are incapable of doing any of that. The role of people is being challenged in three key areas, data, complexity, and speed. Human augmentation is the missing part of this puzzle. So they're already talking about altering human physiology, and I think this is going to be the next step, and they're going to blame climate change on this. We're going to need to alter human beings to survive the catastrophe of climate change, the thing that hasn't happened since the 70s when they were started to talk about global cooling, then it turned into global warming, and now it's just climate change. Any sort of abnormal day in the climate, in the weather, all of a sudden, it's human. It's the fault of human beings and CO2 emissions. But nobody can say anything about all the power elite and their private jets flying all over the world. Chile all of a sudden comes out with a law, Law 21.422, on February 16th. And this law says that you will be prohibited from employment discrimination against mutations or alterations of genetic material. The provision also establishes the mechanisms to carry out genetics tests. What does that mean? It means that this is a labor anti-discrimination law that Chile is putting into place. It means that they are recognizing that human beings in their population are either mutants, which means they're not um, regular humans, or they're genetically altered people, which means somebody somewhere altered the DNA of these people. Now, we can all kind of guess where I'm going with this, Hello, Pfizer, uh, and also, hello, the mRNA inoculations. But they are now Senator, Senator Alejandro Navarro Brain. I can't pronounce the last name. It's spelled Brain uh, of the, uh, from Chile. They're now saying, they're now trying to protect their population against discrimination because they realize that their population has now been genetically altered. And that also means that insurance companies could potentially not cover them when it comes to certain policies. So that is where we're headed. That is why it's so troubling to see everybody out there just accepting medical procedures without any testing being done, without the trials being completed on these mRNA inoculations, which ultimately alter the DNA per the Pfizer documents that were forced to be released. People need to start waking up. They're trying to create two classes of society. 
and the second class of society, which accepted the inoculations, are going to be given more rights than the population that did not accept, did not take the inoculations, that did not take the boosters, because those individuals are non-compliant. You're looking at a massive schism between the haves and the have-nots, and that is going to take place over the next couple of years. Okay, I was going to get to one more thing where Lori Lightfoot, amphibian in charge of Chicago, mayor of Chicago, got really, really pissed because somebody dared to uncover the statue of Christopher Columbus on Columbus Day. Oh my God, how absolutely grotesque. And she flipped out on everybody. I guess I'm going to get it to it. She flipped out on everybody, particularly uh, one of the lawyers, Lawyer King and Smirniotis. I can't pronounce that name either. She said, get that fucking statue back before noon tomorrow or I am going to have you fired because she didn't want that statue, Christopher Columbus, to be in the parade. You make some kind of secret agreement with the Italians, she said. You're, you are out there stroking your dick over the Columbus statue. I'm trying to keep Chicago police officers from being shot. Oh, I'm sure. And you are trying to get them shot. My dick is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dick in Chicago. Sweetheart, I genuinely believe you in that statement because... I sincerely believe that you have one of the largest strap-ons in the city of Chicago. That's going to be it. This is the last call with Chris Michaels for the week. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. You can also listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also do a... I think I'm also on... What am I on? All that stuff. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm on because Anchor just distributes the podcast and I have no idea who they distribute it to. So find me, like me, share me, Last Call Caravan on every place you can do a search for.